0: Warning, MF Uncensored contains adult language and discussion. Listener discretion is advised. We're a couple of misfits, we're
1: a couple of misfits What's the matter with misfits, that's where we fit in We're not up and dilly, don't go round willy-nilly Seems to us kinda silly
0: Hello everyone and welcome back to MF Uncensored. If you guys are listening to us on the go, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and basically anywhere you get your podcast. As always, I'm one of your hosts tonight, Paul, and with me in the studio is producer and bibliophile herself, Melanie. Melanie, how are you tonight?
2: I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited to be here. Why are you excited to be here? Because I get to talk about books.
0: You get to talk about books. We have a very specific book that we are going to be talking about. We're really mm-hmm. excited because uh, we have in the studio with us tonight uh, somebody who I started speaking to about two, three weeks ago. We we connected to our good friend, Steve uh, Joyner, um, who's been instrumental in getting our podcast to this whole new level of production and um, interview style. So uh, this guy and I, we, uh, we chatted once on the phone and immediately it was like an immediate click and it just really, it felt right. It, it resonated with me, so I really wanted to get him on the show and um, he's a big part of now our Next Level as as a sponsor of the show, which we're very grateful for and we're really excited to be uh, working with, and that is Mr. Neil Getzlow. Neil, how are you tonight? I'm doing
1: good. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm, I'm excited to talk to you.
0: Yeah, we're really excited. Just uh, a quick backstory. I'm going to tell the, the listeners how... My first conversation with Neil went. All right, because yeah, it is. It, it is. <laughs> so we we have this very good friend named uh, Steve Joyner. As you guys have heard, he's been uh, he's a podcast promoter. He does great work. He's uh, but he's also one of those guys that will call you at the most random time and be like, "Can you talk to this person really quick right now?" So I was standing outside the library where uh, producer Melanie works because she was doing, um, I, I believe, it's a uh, trick or treat event for the, for mm-hmm. kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and Steve calls me not once, not twice, but three times. He's like, "I need to talk to you. It's really important." I was, so I, I managed to call him back. And uh, standing outside the library, I got to talk to an author, which is just perfect, kind of <laughs> like a little sign of the universe where where things were going. And like I said, Neil and I we we talked. We only chatted for a few minutes, but immediately I knew I was like, I need to get him on the show. I need I need to talk to this guy. This guy has stories. This guy has um, real world experience and just uh, a great backstory to talk about and to share. And uh, I think he's going to be very inspirational and very just powerful to have on the show tonight. So, Neil, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're bringing to us today that we just ordered ourselves?
1: Yeah. So, um, and this is a this is a heavy topic. So, again, I, I appreciate you having me on and letting me talk about it, but it's. It's an important topic uh, because it's one that, frankly, I I've ruined almost ruined my life. Mm-hmm. And um, this was this is a, about um, an addiction, and it's about addiction to pornography and addiction to sex, and specifically paying prostitutes for sex. And um, it uh, <laughs> it start. I mean, you know, my journey started. This addiction started way back when I was nine years old. I was first exposed to porn, and what. Um, we called the Playboy Forest. There's this wooded area behind our elementary school, and they were like ripped up pieces of Playboy magazine back there. So you just got, uh, you know, these images that you'd be able to rifle through. But that once I saw the pictures, it kind of grabbed hold of me and didn't let go. And it just grew into this addiction that overtook my life as a teenager in pornography, but soon had to graduate into more. Kind of like a gateway drug, right? And just helped, I just graduated into more dangerous stuff. And instead of just looking at images, I, I had to go out and seek the real thing. And so that's what, that's how my book came about. It's called Unmasked Conquering Sexual Sin and Walking in Victory. And it's in this book, I kind of outline my backstory, how I ended up in a hotel room with a prostitute in Chicago on a business trip. And her partner, who was Justin Drag, was in the other room. We'll get into more of that story here in a second. Uh, but kind of shows how I got to that point. And then what, I, what I've what i done over the past 18 months to completely turn my life around. And I mean, it is a 180. I know it's going to make some people uncomfortable because there was a faith-based part of it. And I, I do credit God for the turnaround in my life. But there's also some very important mental health steps that I took as well that I think anybody, whether you're religious or not, I think anybody can take these steps to to try to break free from the addictions uh, because if if there's any, and I think I'm a perfect, that's why I wrote the book. Like if I can do it, um, then I know anybody can, I know anybody can do it. I know it's hard, but um, there, there is hope out there.
0: You know, it's funny. You're very honest about what you've kind of gone through. And I think, you know, when, when you and I first spoke, one of the first things I did was I was like, I'm going to research this guy. Like, I want to learn. I want to know more. And yeah. even on your website, like literally the first thing that was on your website was was basically that story. Yeah. And, How can I hide it? And, I can't. And I find that that's just a very powerful thing Um, to not only to, obviously you have a book detailing your life and, and kind of what you went through. But you also like you don't hide it. It's, it's literally here's my website. Here's who I am. Here's what I did. Here's where I, where I I hit this rock bottom and it inspired me to make such a drastic change. And, you know, I, I do podcasts for for fun, as a hobby, as an outlet for me. Um, Melanie's really big with books, but she's also really big into self-help. So I, I thought this would be a very interesting dynamic for the three of us to be sitting down. So I, yeah. I think it's the honesty that really grabbed a hold of my attention because I, I I respect integrity. And I respect somebody who isn't afraid to be like, hey, this is this is where I was. Well, frankly, I didn't
1: have integrity for the first half of my life. Mm -hmm. For most of my life, I didn't have integrity because I was hiding. I had this is why I called my book was titled Unmasked, because I had this mask on my entire life that I was shoving all these lies behind all these deceptions, the secret life I was hiding from my wife, just hiding behind this mask. And so um, I I have, and I I do get a lot of questions. People ask me all the time, "Why are you sharing this story? Like it is, the beginning of it is so gruesome and like paints you in a not very good light." And and believe me, when I first started writing, I'm like, you know, how comfortable am I in laying this all out there? But. At the end of the day, I, that's what I'm called to do. I feel like I've got an obligation to share um, not only the, the bad stuff and the dangers of that that you find yourself in for pornography, the dangers of prostitution, which I've learned over the past 18 months just how prevalent sexual trafficking is in that industry, mm-hmm. and this, which makes my stomach, you know, just hurt even more over some of the actions that I've taken. Um, and I, I just I want people to know about the dangers of, of that of being involved with that, but then also to show what what can happen um, when you get on the right side of it mm-hmm. and because it is um, transformative what um, you know what I've
0: done. Yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Um, now, you started this book around the time the pandemic really hit. you know obviously a lot of people had um, a different different amounts of time on their hands and 18 months to, to write a book. like that's that's super impressive.
1: So I will say that, uh, and it's not the longest book in the world, it's like 150 pages, it's a pretty easy read, but we actually started, I started writing it in November of 2020, <clears throat> finished it in February, wow. yeah, February 2021, and so in about four and a half months, now the hardest part was actually getting it printed, mm-hmm. and uh, going through, because of COVID, everything is delayed, even mm-hmm. printing books,
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: and so... Um, I finally got the books in um, late late this summer. And um, it was a very quick process. But the story, like, and my background, my career has been in writing and communication. So I was blessed with the ability to write. Didn't think I'd be writing my own story with all these sort of details involved with it. But um it was easy to write it was because it was just it was my experience Mm -hmm. and all I was doing was just documenting what I did and some of the things I learned and and just some of the experiences I had and um I think but also I think it was also um writing the book and having my wife there reading every chapter every word was also very therapeutic for us Mm -hmm. because you know um it basically, and I'll get in, I'll just share kind of the, the main highlight here of the story of, of how this book even came across. I mentioned I was set up an appointment to visit um, a prostitute in a hotel room in Chicago uh, in February of 2020. That person that came out and, and from the other room dressed in drag looked like a Chicago Bears offensive lineman. Uh, he had a cell phone in his hand and on his cell phone had a picture of my wife's social media and um, had her contact information. And he says, you're going to, have to pay us more money. Uh, or we're going to call your wife. And um, I paid about nine hundred dollars. Later, I got out of that hotel room, which, as I look back on it now, I was probably pretty lucky that that's all it was. And um, I went about my day, um, made it out of that room, made it back home to Kansas City. Had the mask on tight the whole time. Nobody knew I was just blackmailed by a prostitute. And uh, when I, you know, made it home from this business trip, nothing had happened. They hadn't called Amy, my wife. So I'm thinking, all right, I've made it free and clear. And then three days later, this is now Sunday, March first, 2020, about 9:30 p.m. Uh, my cell phone starts. Cell phone starts blowing up with text messages from this couple in Chicago, who again sent pictures of Amy's social media contact info, and then they also had some incriminating pictures of me as well. They sent those all to me and said, "You've got 15 minutes to send us more money, or we're going to call your wife."
0: Wow. And
1: um, I just, I said, I don't, I'm not going to, I'm going to just string them along and hope they just go away. But once they realized I wasn't going to send them any more money, f- exactly 15 minutes later, I hear the phone start ringing up and in the bedroom, I can hear the muffled sounds of a conversation. And then like the, the footsteps coming down the stairs and going down the hall closer to my office, louder and louder. And then, you know, of course the door flies open and Amy's and like, are you cheating on me? And And that sort of set us off on this crazy ride over the next six weeks that ultimately led me to confessing everything to her, uh, about my addiction to pornography about the the years that I was, um, visiting prostitutes while we were married. And, um, but uh, this, but, but what happened and what, what sort of got me on my faith journey was that she was, so when we got married, she, um, was not a Christian at the time. Neither was I. I was, in fact, I grew up Jewish was an atheist actually more than anything else. Mm-hmm. So I had no connection to God Didn't believe in God, any of that. And my wife had was grew up Catholic, but we both were living a lifestyle of partying and drinking and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Three months after we got married, she told me she became a born again Christian and was following Jesus, which of course she just told her new husband who was an atheist that she's now a follower of Jesus. So that was like, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, so fast forward to to when I after I told Amy everything um, that I had done, um, she looked at me and said, "Neil, Jesus forgave me for my sins. How can I not forgive you for yours? I forgive you." And that was the moment my life changed. That's incredible.
2: that's um, really powerful. Yeah,
1: it's, it's, and I know it's hard to understand if if you if you you know don't believe and all that, and I, which I totally understand. Like this is just my experience for me, but it changed my life. Like I have not. Touch porn since then. I have not been tempted to look at porn. I've not been tempted to, to to step out of my wife. In fact, our relationship today is the strongest it's ever been. Wow. And my marriage—I have a marriage that I've always wanted. It's amazing, and I credit I credit God for that.
2: Oh, I got chills. I uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got chills off of that. You um, you posted last month on your Instagram that it's been a year since you were baptized. Yeah. How how did that feel just being in the water and just feeling all of that just melt away? Can you tell me about that?
1: It's yeah, it's, it's, um, I don't know how to describe it. I guess. So I look at it, it's like, so last year, coronavirus. So before I was, before I became a follower of Jesus, I was out drinking with my friends all the time. I was watching sports all the time. I was watching inappropriate things on netflix cable i mean i was like in the world and and celebrated every sin that i had in my entire life coronavirus hits in which i the way i look at it and this is coronavirus was god's way of telling me i'm going to take away everything you love you can't go watch sports anymore you can't go out with your friends you can't go drinking you can't smoke pot you're going to be stuck home with your wife. I'm taking away everything you love to do, stick you with your wife. Now, how are you going to reset your life? And um, like that, that baptism that I went through was sort of just marked, it, it, what, the, what they talk about in the Bible is your, your old life, you die and you're reborn in this new image, this new identity. And again, just for me, that was important for me. Made it so much easier to, to step away from, from some of this evil that I brought into my life. And um, it it truly is. If if I sat down with, if Anil from 2019 sat down with Anil of 2021, he'd look at me, shake his head and be like, you have lost your mind. What has happened to you? Because um, I I truly believe I got a new heart. I have a new, um, I have new desires, new things that that make me happy. Um, And it's, it's, and so instead of watching the NFL on Sunday, I'm probably spending most days with my wife watching online sermons on YouTube Mm -hmm. and we're, and we're going to church and, um, we're spending time. Like I enjoy spending time with my wife. It's so crazy. Right. like, gee, I wish I would have thought about this earlier. Um, and just like everything that, that I used to think thought I loved. I just, I think about it and it's just like, I, I just don't have any desire to do that stuff anymore. It, it truly is this old life that just sort of melted away, and now this new life has, um, has has sprouted. And you know, I know that you know rebuilding trust was such an important part of of, um, of this whole story. And Amy's forgiveness, obviously, and I, she, of course, obviously, she had doubts along the way. No, no question about it. But I, I, you know, I point to. I was like, if if you have doubts, just remember this book that I wrote because I can't fake what's in that book and all the stuff you're seeing I I can't fake it like enjoying reading the bible like I I can't I'm like, I'm just trying to think of myself reading the bible a few years ago and I like I wouldn't have made it through one page because the, the print is too darn small anyways <laughs> so,
0: like
1: now I did. now I got some glasses and I'm, I'm just devouring it and it's um so it's a long way to answer your question, but it's just, I do feel reborn. I really do.
0: You know, that, that's That's, great. Cr- that's crazy because this, yeah. pers- this is a personal story. I'm going to catch uh, producer Melanie totally off guard with this because even she doesn't know this. Uh-huh. So we had our wedding reception this past weekend. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, a lot of people like, you know, same situation, COVID hit and we were supposed to get married last year and we 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 made it work but we still wanted to have a, a reception and I, I wanted to have a very special day for her and for myself and i and I, you know we earned it I, in my mind. We had some trials and tribulations along the way as well. Um so that's another reason i really wanted to talk to you because um i can, I can understand i can relate to a, to a certain degree. Um i won't get into that tonight but um you know producer melanie and i have gone through way more than a lot of couples should in their first year of marriage just with covid alone. So we had our ceremony and we're not very – we're not practicing religious. Like we sure. – I think we we have faith in our own ways, um, you know, faith in, in the universe and the world and and a higher power that we just don't understand. So we had our ceremony and her um, cousin, cousin mm-hmm. Charlie? Yeah, uh, my cousin's
2: a – he's a Christian pastor.
0: So okay. he performed oh. a ceremony for us and um, at first it was supposed to be a very non-religious ceremony. But um, the but, mo- but
2: you can't ask a, a Christian pastor. Can you just not talk about God for twenty minutes? Uh, so <laughs> no, <you can't. laughs> It was. It was. what you know, I, this is this is what I do. This is what I say. And um, I'm sorry. I'll no, I'll no, it's, keep fine, going. it's fine. Let it's fine. Let's keep going. you're, you're, you're you know. only
0: making it better. So we have our ceremony, and during it, we're we're both emotional wrecks. Like you know, <laughs> I I'm crying. She's trying not to cry. We're we're cracking jokes just to break the levity because that's what we do. But he did this very beautiful ceremony where, you know, he does talk about God and how powerful God is in the relationship. And, you know, for me, for somebody who, you know, I was raised, I was raised Lutheran. I was, uh, you know, communion, all that stuff. And for me, you know, I think it's very important to have some sort of faith in your life. And, you know, I, I like how you're one of those people, it seems, that you, you're you open. You're, you're like, you're not one of those people that's like, my my faith is a certain way and it saved me and it can save you. Like, I think it's really important that you seem like the kind of guy that's like, Hey, God helped me and God saved me and I wrote this book about it. It can help you too. But at the same time, you're not, you know, like throwing it too hard at somebody.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still new on this faith journey. Um I, I Yeah, well we don't have to get into all the yeah. the, the details <laughs> on it. I think you know like look if I had more confidence, I I might be more uh more out there and just talking about why I believe what I do, but um, all I can do is just share what happened to me and my experience. And then, then it's up to every, then you can decide on your own whether mm-hmm. that's the path you want to take or if there's other ways that you want to work on it. But again, for someone like me who grew up Jewish, was an atheist, very cynical about life, addicted to all this nonsense, and just to completely walk away from it, I don't know how else to describe it. Mm-hmm. it's a miracle. Like I truly, like, I don't know how to describe it because I still, I, I scratch my, I can like still standing here, you know, talking to you and just like, how did I get here? Like, you know, it's just God works in really crazy, crazy ways. And, mm-hmm. um, but I, I, like I said, I, I do feel compelled. Like I've got to just share what happened to me and then, you know, I'll let God take care of the rest. That's awesome. Yeah.
2: I I mean, I think that's the best way to do it is you can only share. And you've, you've said it multiple times. Like this is my personal experience. This is what happened to me. And that's really all you can speak on. Um, you know, I can share my own stories and and Paul can share his. And you know, if you can relate to it, awesome. If you can't like that, that's okay too. It's just our experience. It's our life. Everyone's journeys are different. Um, so I think what's, what's most amazing about your journey, um, is the ability to come out of such a hard addiction. Um, and I'm sure you went through various stages of it as far as, you know, feeling shame on some levels and, you know, all all the feelings that, that come with it once you acknowledge it. And that's like with, you know, any sort of like mental health issue or illness, it's, you know, once you recognize it, it's one of those like, oh, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And and taking the steps out of it, that is, that is the most amazing part of the journey, I think, because it requires so much courage. And and for you, leaning on your faith was what really brought you out of it. And I think for a lot of people who battle addiction, having some sort of faith, whether it's finding God or, or developing some other sort of spiritual journey, um, I think leaning on that faith is, is instrumental in, in coming out of something, especially that's so difficult.
1: Yeah, and I would say, so again, for me, it it started with God. I I didn't I felt like I was, I had nowhere else to turn. So I asked God for help and and he delivered in the form of a forgiving wife. And um, and then uh, give me a community of of people in my church that have been encouraging. But I will also say another critical element that I have to talk about is I went and saw a, a therapist. I went and talked to somebody about what I was going through and we unpacked a lot of things about my childhood that led me all the way up to this and it, it is shame because i was stuck in a shame cycle of my life because when when, when i was in little and i had gone to the playboy forest my parents got divorced at that time i went to live with my mom by myself my siblings were already almost out of the house my mom moved in an apartment i went over to her apartment Um, and we were, there was no other kids there and she went to work. So I was home alone all the time. So that was the question. The first question my therapist asked me, he asked me, um, Neil, what do you remember was the first thing you had to learn how to do as a kid? And, and which I thought was a great question. Mm -hmm. My answer surprised me, but the answer was I had to learn how to be alone. And I had this hole in my heart. That I couldn't fill up. And this is where the shame, shame cycle starts. I'm alone. Nobody loves me. My mom had these two giant night stacks of Playboy and Penthouse magazines on either side of her bed. So I'm going to fill up this hole in my heart with this pornography. I'm going to look at it. I feel better. But oh, I just looked at pornography. Now I feel bad. This is why nobody loves me. This is why I'm alone. And then the cycle would just repeat over and over and over again. And it manifested itself, obviously, in many different ways over the course of my life. And, and then, you know, obviously impacted relationships. I didn't, couldn't, I didn't know what love was. I couldn't differentiate between love and sex and how to treat a woman and how to have a relationship and how to talk to a woman. Like I just was, I learned from pornography, which was like, oh my gosh, that is so horrible um to to admit that but it's true that's where I how I learned about sex how what I thought about love and um if it wasn't until I was able to find my identity in God that's when I was able to break that cycle and and break free from from those addictions And I do credit my therapist for asking that question because that sort of like unlocked a whole nother layer of stuff
2: oh
0: definitely wow Sorry, I'm I'm just marinating with that because now like I'm sitting here. My parents got divorced at a young age too, so immediately I'm like, oh man, Neil's hitting me right right where I live because now, now yeah. I'm mentally unpacking and I'm you know, that that's that's a deep question for anybody like even just in your average Joe Schmo who who doesn't think they have any issues to ask them a question like what was the first thing you remember having to do like that that's that's yeah. that's a very intense question and and I and I love it too because I love. I love being challenged and I love, you know, especially with, with dealing with my own personal issues, which I, I could write a much shorter book, I think, cause I use crayon instead, but, um, <laughs> you know, like it, Melanie and I are both very big proponents of therapy and, and talking about, uh, what's going on. It, it's something that I've only recently really discovered and it's been a very powerful source because, um. I know. I think Steve mentioned to you I, uh, my job and what I do, and and the yeah. stressors that that comes with. And unfortunately, a lot of this stuff is is commonplace in my workplace. So you know, it, it's almost like running jokes and and talking about women or talking about relationships a certain way. So um, to, to hear you know the struggles that you went through and and kind of unpacking it from childhood is is powerful stuff, man. Like really powerful stuff.
1: Yeah, it's it's been quite the journey. Uh, I will say that. And I will also say, like, I know I'm very lucky because I was able to walk away with a snap of the fingers from from all that bad stuff. I know it's a struggle, though, for a lot of people, they can't just do that. Um, and I'll also say that, like, just because my wife forgave me for what I did doesn't absolve me from any of the responsibility, any of the accountability for my actions. And I, I had to stand in there and, and take the heat from her, she when this when she found out, she turned into like this forensic detective going through my phone. Because before before all this happened, she didn't have pass any of my passwords, any access to my phone mm-hmm. to rebuild that trust. She has all the access now. And those first few months, she would be just scrolling through my phone just to see what she could find about this past life I had. And as much as I tried to get rid of all that, just because I didn't want it on my phone anymore, but I also didn't want her to discover it and you know get her more upset, but I couldn't get rid of it all because there was just so much like I missed emails or text messages. And it would just, again, and she would just dig deeper and, and ask the tougher questions, but I had to answer the, those questions honestly. And, um, but I'd say it, it again, it, it helped rebuild the trust and um, it helped rebuild our marriage. And, but we did it for us. What worked was again, we just, we put God at the center of our relationship that was a big difference for us. And, um, you know, that's, uh, that's how we've, we've been able to, to turn it around. And that's what I outline in this book, you know, just again, just how I got to that point. And, um, you know, unpacking some, unpacking some of this, these family issues, and then just begin spending a lot of time talking about what I did to, um, just to do have a new, have a new life.
0: So you found yourself at this rock bottom point. You're, you're rebuilding yeah. everything, and and you, you've got this new this new sense of self. When did you decide I'm going to make this into a book? Like this is this is what I need to do right now.
1: Uh, yeah, it was just you know again we were spe- Amy and I were spending so much time together just talking through this that, and it was it was good for us to talk through it, and then we just got thinking, well, is there like would other people benefit from hearing this story? And I think it's 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 good for two levels. One, from a man's perspective, obviously, if not that women aren't addicted to pornography because I know they are. There's issues with that, but for the most part, it's a men ish a man issue. And so, from a man perspective, um, you know, I tried to share what what I was thinking, the thought process I was going through, and how I approached rebuilding the marriage. You know, after what I described in the book, after I pretty much threw up all over the floor of the marriage, now I got to figure out how to clean it up. Um, but I think it's, Amy has an important, well, Amy has the most important story, not only forgiveness, which the the forgiveness, which, which I learned wasn't necessarily for me. It was more for her because by with, when she forgave me that basically, she basically gave a body check to all that bitterness and said, you're not, that bitterness is not going to come into me because I'm going to forgive him and we're going to be able to work on it and move on. Again, I still have to take accountability for my actions and she still has, was working through a lot of pain and hurt. But I think too often, like I would, I would say like, if, if neither of us were, um, were saved um, and I obviously I wasn't at the time, but if if Amy was just, you know, a a non-believer, we would be divorced. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just how it's, that's just the route. I mean, I don't blame her. But her faith was strong enough that, um, and I think she um, she doesn't like to admit that she's a big part of the story because she's like, I didn't do much, but she did everything. And um, I think she's also just, I'm so proud of her because I think she's an incredible example for other women out there. Like, just no matter what you might be facing in your marriage, um, pray about it, have forgiveness, and then stick, stick it out and work on it because... You just might be surprised what you find on the other side. Now, again, for men, you've got to be open to that too, right? Like you can't just, it's, it's, um, I always used to say, right. It's, it's, don't, don't judge me by, um, my words, judge me by my actions. Mm -hmm. And, and men, you've got to, when this, if you're caught in this situation, like your actions better define what you are. Otherwise it's gonna be pretty easy for your, your, your spouse, not to, to believe you, but, um, yeah, it's um I just I, I credit I credit Amy for this for this story. And I will say we're talking about for twenty twenty-two um writing writing the same exact story, but it's from Amy's point of view. Oh wow that she, oh, wow. she was how she handled it, what she's thinking about, because I feel like as much as my story is gonna impact men, I think her story could impact even more women, just mm-hmm. to how do you, how do you rebuild a marriage in the face of adultery and, and pornography? Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. So how involved was she with your writing process then? Like, obviously it's, it's your story to tell. It's, it's, you know, your, your barrel to her, to the, to the world, basically. Was she, you know, obviously she, she might've proofread or how involved was she with this whole process?
1: Yeah. I mean, she was very involved. And we talked about, um, I mean, I get I get her ideas on okay, what what are the chapters gonna be? What do we need to focus on? And um because I think the, f- the first there's you know, first three or four chapters are really are, are my journey, but then the the back half of the book then is really about our journey together. And so she read every word though. When I got done with with one chapter, she immediately wanted to read it, which is which is great. I mean, that was that was awesome, but um, she'd also give me feedback on, you know, you need to do more of this. She was too easy of a reviewer though, because <laughs> she's like, Oh, this sounds great. I'm like, Really? Are you sure? But uh I yeah, that and that was again, that was part of the healing process of just um after every chapter, I, I show her to her and and she'd soak it up. And um it was just a good it was this is how we how we spent our time during the pandemic.
0: Yeah, That's it's funny cool. you say that because you know, this podcasting was something that I did for years. I did podcasting for a very long time, mostly talking about comic books and movies and like all the, all the entertainment stuff. And it was a way for, it was an outlet. It was a way for my friends and I to connect, to stay connected. Cause as you get older, it's harder to socialize with friends. Um, and usually that socialization, like you mentioned, involves, you know, drinking or going out or, you know, you know, going to the bars and I was podcasting and then, we wanted to make this a, a bigger process. And Melanie was working on her book page, uh Bibliophiles Assemble, and that was a big part of what she did. And she was like, I wanna do this. I wanna so her and I sat down. I think we were going to Daryl's house over by us. Yeah, I she- think
2: we were going to the restaurant, going shame, to
0: Shameless plug for the restaurant near us, in case you guys are ever in <laughs> Patterson, New York. But um we're going to dinner and I said, you know, I really I wanna really make the podcast into something, and I wanna do it with you. I wanna, I wanna take what we have. Cause it, it's not always easy to work with a spouse or a significant other. And to, to hear you telling your story about how not only was your wife heavily involved, but she was reviewing and she was giving you feedback. Um, you know, I, I had to turn myself into a little bit more of an open receiver for feedback. <laughs> she, she's giving me the look. Yep. The, yep that worked. <laughs> yep. But, um, you know, she does such great work with her book page and, I'm terrible at Instagram. It's like just terrible at social media. So like I'll post something and she'll be like, "Wow, that's really good. Next time you should try this though." And I'm like, and there was a point in our relationship where I would focus just on that negative and just be like, "Well, she didn't like it." But now we've gotten to this point where either A she knows how to talk to me about her, I don't know, it might be that. It might be that. It might be that, but also B <laughs> like we're we're just a team and we're we're partners and to hear you talking about your wife, like you, you kind of light up every time you talk about your wife. It's it's very interesting. Like obviously, uh, for those of you guys who are listening, it's purely audio, but um, we're we're doing uh, we're doing Zoom right now, and I get to see Neil face to face after two or three phone calls. But um, you know, when when you talk about your wife, uh, Amy, you just you, you had this this glow about you, and it, it's really inspiring. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah, well, uh, that's 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 the greatest thing I think anyone has ever said to me um, over this past 18 months, like, it's, I can't, I can't describe it. Um, Like, think about it this way. Um, This is, this is hard to say and admit, but it's true. Like, i mentally abused her for eight years. Mimi doesn't realize it on the surface, but think about, I left her alone all the time to go out with friends, or I'd be at a sporting event, or I'd be watching sports downstairs while she was upstairs. I paid no attention to her. Yet here she was, faithfully, praying for me every day for eight years that something would happen and she got a wish. Maybe it wasn't in the way that, um, she, she would have liked, but God delivered for her. And, um, yeah, I just, it's, um, it's awesome. I, like I said, I, like, like I enjoy, I, could, I enjoy spending time with my wife. I know that sounds so crazy to, have to say publicly and, and proclaim that. But for so many years, it, it wasn't the case. I was, cause I was just trapped in my own secret world that I had no, I couldn't get out of. So I, I appreciate you noticing that because, um, that shows I'm on the, I'm on the right path. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. It, it's it's really great to see, you know, and unfortunately in, in today's world, it's almost like a running joke that husbands and wives don't even like each other, you know, like the old ball and chain or, Oh, my wife's got or like my husband does it. You know, the the most important thing about, you know, me and Melanie is she's my best friend. And that that's always first and foremost and we love hanging out with each other. Don't get us wrong, there there are plenty of times where we're we're like, oh, "I can't we can't hang out right now. We just we, need
2: we need our space." And that because we're we're partners. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think for a lot of for a lot of people, relationships like you're stuck with this person and you're not allowed to be your own self, your own individual self. When in reality, you are two individuals who are joined together on this journey. So it's really nice to appreciate everything that Paul is um, and all of the things that he does. And I know he feels the same way about me. And we're just, we're just moving together in the same journey. And at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're partners. We can say, you know, we're, we're soulmates, we're, you know, Mr. or Mrs. We're, we're all of that, but we're just really good friends too. At the, at the bottom of our relationship, we have a really good friendship. So, um, one of the things, you know, Paul and I have had times where our trust has been, um, challenged, challenged is a good word. Um, and build rebuilding that, uh, is very, very difficult. Um, so can you, uh, can you share just a few ways, yeah. um, how you and your, and your wife built your trust back?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, of course, like I like I said, like I my life became an open book for her. So, again, she had access to all my everything on my laptop. She never had access to that before. She had access to everything on my phone, which again, she she never had before. We put a um location app on on our phone, so she knew exactly where I was 100% of the time. And it just gave her confidence to like, you know, to it was just little steps like that. But one of the one of the 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 coolest things we did was, and again, you know, when this all went down in March of 2020, um, right, you know, two weeks after this encounter in Chicago, we locked down and Amy's a hairstylist. So they, they closed for two months. I had a communication business that I lost my clients. So basically we were sitting around for two months and we had nothing to focus on, but rebuilding our marriage again, fortuitous timing, like, Mm-hmm. You don't get that chance. Like this is, yeah. like I said, this is the once in a lifetime shot to mm-hmm. reset. And um but we we order like two hundred dollars worth of these cards. Like these, it's like a, they look like little. If you remember the game Trivial Pursuit, mm-hmm. these, these little cards on there. But they were like these cards that ask the most ridiculous question. You know, get to know someone questions like, who's your favorite superhero, or who, you know, what would you rather do, go to a beach or go to the mountains? Kind of questions and. Mm-hmm we basically sat on the back deck of of uh, of our house and just went through boxes of these questions just asking <laughs> just trying to relearn about each other and what fortunately what we found was we, there was a reason why we were together in the first place so we remembered why we fell in love to begin with but now we have this bigger connection that brought us together and that just cemented um, you know rebuilding the trust and then um, I would say that, um, Again, it's just um, Amy can now see the, you know, I'll, I'll get a little bit spiritual here. Like she can see the fruits that God is producing in our life, especially in, in my life, and in what mm-hmm. how I'm walking my life now. Mm-hmm. She can see it, and if she couldn't see it, you know, there'd be no trust. But if she can see it, then that's where she can put her trust in and put her faith in. Um,
0: yeah, it's, it's crazy. That's awesome so great that's awesome well we're running a little low on time here so uh neil if people wanted to get your book how yeah. would they get your book
1: so if you want i uh, would love for you to go to my website neilgetslow.com and you can um learn more about me you can connect with me there my social media handles are on there or you can drop me an email if you wanted to talk or complain or whatever <laughs> feel free to send it away it'll it'll come to my email um, but then also you can buy the book there. And uh, I will say that for every book that's purchased through my website, we're donating $5 to Run to Stop It. That's a, a group fighting against sex trafficking in Kansas City uh, and across the nation, really. Um, they donate to a lot of different organizations that that go to fight, um, fight against that. So we're, we're very humbled and, and excited to be able to um, to donate to that organization, so would love it if you could uh, go to my website, and I'll even throw in a free signed copy for your listeners as well.
0: Oh, oh that's incredible! That. Thank you, Neil. <laughs> and also, as a, a slight, a little, little extra incentive, yeah. I believe if you put in the coupon code uh, free ship, that's uh, it, you'll get free shipping. Uh, we have our order in. We're, we're patiently waiting for our copy of your book. Um, you can also find us uh, on our website, themisfitfaction.com. We're going to be putting a link on there in the next couple of days. So mm-hmm. if you're on our website listening to our podcast or uh, if you go onto our Facebook, you'll actually have access to uh, a direct link to uh, Neil's website. So that way you guys mm-hmm. can literally just click and go as you're listening to one of our episodes. Mm-hmm. So um, we're really excited to be working with you, Neil. Um, we're definitely going to want you back on the show again, uh, especially after we get you know your book and get our hands yeah. on it and, yeah, and dig into it. Um, you can also find uh, there will be a review of it on uh, Melanie's book page, which is Bibliophiles Assemble. That's right. And um, we're really looking forward to, because, you know, just even this conversation alone, really just you, Melanie and I are sitting here like like just in awe almost.
2: I have so many more questions, but I'm oh, going to yeah. wait until after I read the book. We,
1: we have just barely scratched the surface. I on, can tell. I can tell. Like, it's just keep on digging. There's a lot to talk about. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so uh, great, we're definitely great. going to be uh, following up with you about getting you back great. on the show, um, and we are really excited to to get into this. So this yeah, this has been yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. So uh, yeah, thank
1: you, thank you so much for having me on and giving me a chance to share my story. I yeah, you know, I just I appreciate it so much. Thank you.
0: Oh, don't worry, you'll be back. So uh, with all right, plenty, plenty more stories. So you have a good awesome. rest of your night. All right. All right. Thanks. You too. Thank you. So wow, wow, producer Melanie.
2: Wow, wow, wow.
0: So, what an incredible story. Full disclosure: I am a little, like that. That hit me. Not even whelmed, Just it it hit me in a certain way and a very empowering way. And Mm -hmm. he, he, Niels, just seems like a. Again, I had two conversations with this guy. One of which was in Acme Shopping Center with you. I I I took that phone call and
2: and outside the library
0: and outside the library as well. Playing Mickey Mouse,
2: playing Mickey Mouse, and Count Micula, for Count the kids. Count
0: Micula for the kids, and just what a, what a guy, what a story, what a, what an openness and honesty, mm-hmm. a pure connection with with his wife and yeah. God, and obviously we don't we don't advocate for one religion or the other or go that way ourselves, but we always say that the universe brought you and me together, mm-hmm. and we're very big proponents of energy and maybe a higher power, who yeah. knows. So any other thoughts on Neil before we wrap it up for tonight?
2: Um, I'm just blown away by his transparency. Mm -hmm. I think it's just, it's a really difficult subject to talk about in general, but the fact that it's his own personal story and how deep he was in, in his addiction and and how it affected him personally and his wife, um, you know, and, and how he was able to turn around his life. I think it's just, it's really amazing. And this is, without knowing the intricacies of his story. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm really excited to get his book and you know give him a review and talk to him again.
0: Yeah, cuz we 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 struggled on the idea of of talking to him before we got the book. Like that that was something that you and I discussed off air. Mm-hmm. But A I I really wanted to talk to him. I really wanted to hear his story and also B I think we're going to we're going to go into his book with this just better sense of appreciation of just Mm -hmm. knowing him and and talking to him even for 40 minutes. So yeah, be on the lookout. We're going to have, uh, stuff on our website for it. We're going to have stuff on Bibliophiles Assemble for it. Mm -hmm. Um, that's going to be in the next couple of days. So we're really, really excited to be, uh, not only talking to him again, hopefully soon, but also working with him on a more continuous basis. Mm -hmm. So I think that's going to wrap us up for tonight as always. I'm Paul. I'm Melanie. And we will be back next wine, next week, next time. Next time,
2: know. next wine.
0: Next wine. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Have a good night, everyone.